You are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What has happened, everybody? What is good with y'all? It's your girl, Jonan, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA and other combat wars, too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes and how they all got started in the game and of course where they are now so what is happening y'all i hope everybody has been having a fabulous day and a phenomenal week so far as per the use um listen have you been drinking water today have you been taking care of yourself today have you been taking enough breaks to make you feel good after work after studying if not you know, put pause on whatever you're doing right now because you need to be doing that before you attend to those other things because guess what? You really matter. Mm-hmm. So I, I know that's not like the the theme of our show, like we're a sports-themed show, but I do see it within my responsibility and also just, you know, I do have compassion for you guys, TKO Nation. I love you guys. You guys love us. You know, it's, it's a mutual thing going on. And I really care about you guys. And, you know, just like the daily interactions that I have with coworkers and with uh, my friends and family members and loved ones. And I just see how sometimes we can get stuck in our own heads with everything that we have going on in life. And we just forget about ourselves and we're not always the kindest to ourselves. So if that is the case, please take this as a reminder that you matter and you need to be taking care of yourself, period. Okay, so you already know. Anyways, um, so you're probably wondering, <laughs> Janana is a little bit more hype than usual, as if our hype uh, constitutively isn't like 110% every single episode. For the past, like, uh, how many episodes have we done? Like 300, uh, I don't know, 312 episodes? Yeah, I think that's the right number. 312, yeah, yeah. 312 episodes of TKO, oh my goodness. Um, so yeah, the hype is always high, but this time, so I'll explain exactly what has gone on over the past couple hours leading up to this very moment that I'm recording TKO. So your girl, y'all, y'all already know, you know, the life of a grad student, all the hustle that needs to be put in. And, you know, you really have to juggle a bunch of things when you're in grad school. And sometimes you're meeting tight deadlines and you got to get stuff done on time. That could be stressing you out. But you know what? You just got to, you know, just do it. You just have to do it. OK, so today was one of those days for me. And um, I did have a relatively long day. I had uh, very productive yet long meetings. But hey, you know, productive is the key word. And as a result of that, I had to work on some stuff in the lab before I actually headed over home for TKO. So I said, you know what? I it was I think it was around probably 430 p.m. And I said to myself, you know, I still have to do a bunch of stuff that requires brain power <laughs> and focus. So what am I going to do? I'm going to go across the street and I'm going to get a coffee. I'm going to get a cold brew, actually nitro coffee. That's my go to order for coffees. 
and I'm going to drink that and I'm going to get to work. And let me tell you, you know, there's a reason why they say, well, I mean, actually, scientifically, it's been proven that if your coffee is cold, brewed cold, um, there's more caffeine in it. And I, you know what? Uh, I believe the science. I'm a scientist, but I also believe it anecdotally. Let me tell you that because right now, uh, again, I think it's been a couple hours, actually, maybe more, a few hours since I had that nitro cold brew and I didn't even get to finish the whole um, uh, glass or whatever uh, that I got. And yet here I am. I'm just feeling like I could go for a whole boxing workout at the same time I feel like I can do push-ups on demand to impress people and uh you know I am happy that I'm instead taking taking time to sit down and record TKO I feel like it's it's uh, a good way to expend all this energy and hype because mm, this that's just what the show demands you know what I mean so I'm really happy that this is the case at the moment. And um, actually, I am recording a day in advance compared to the days that I usually pre-record TKO because I thought, you know what? I have all this energy. I got to put it to use. And what better way to put it to use than to record TKO? Especially because, okay, excuse me for screaming against the mic, but you know what? I did that rightfully so. You're asking why, you know? I'm so hyped from the coffee, but more importantly, what's really increasing and enhancing this hype is everything that took place over this past weekend in the world of combat sports, specifically MMA. So you're probably wondering, what is Janon talking about? Well, let me tell you. Even if you have been a casual MMA fan, you're probably familiar with the phenomenal pay-per-view event that already took place this past Saturday at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Of course, I'm talking about UFC 285, which was headlines uh, for a championship heavyweight uh, for a championship heavyweight bout for a heavyweight championship bout between John Jones, the legend, the one and only John Jones. And uh, he was fighting off against the top uh, contender, a former title challenger, Cyril Ghosn. Arguably, in my opinion, one of the best strikers in the heavyweight division. So this event took place over this past weekend. And oh my goodness, what do we think beforehand? And what actually took place on Saturday night? Mm-mm-mm. And... I'm just going to put this out there before I actually start breaking down the fights. I want to say that (laughs) the MMA fights never, excuse me, never, the MMA math never works out. Um, And that is because uh, there's so many different factors that go into the making of a, like any MMA bout. It's not just about the stats or what you see on paper. It's not about uh, just the past experiences of fighters. It's not about if fighters stylistically match up, if they've been putting in extra uh, work in training camp, or just the mindset. Actually, it's a combination of everything and um, some other things that I'm going to get into today as well. Um, but we were all very surprised, or I guess for some other people, were you really surprised by what you saw at UFC 285? 
personally, and again, I'll get into this more, but I was not expecting the results that I saw on Saturday night for UFC 285, not for the main event, and also specifically not for the co-main event, okay, I'm just going to say that, so... I thought, because you guys know, once I start talking about something, I I will not shut up, right? So I just thought I'll be, for the sake of time, I'll be really just focusing on these two fights, the John Jones fight versus, uh, the John Jones versus Cyril Gaunt fight, and also the co-main event of UFC 285, the Valentina Shevchenko and Alexa, Alexa Grasso fight. So those are the fights that I really want to break down today, slash reminisce about. But um, before I get into that, I really do want to talk about some other stuff that are supposed to be happening by the UFC. So um, this upcoming weekend, we're going to be having Piotr Jan fighting off against uh, Devashli, uh, excuse me, uh, Valishvili. And um, okay, I've never heard of this arena actually in Las Vegas. No, no offense to either of these fighters. The theater at Virgin Hotels Las Vegas, I believe this is the first time that the UFC is having an event here. But listen, Piotr Jan, former featherweight, excuse me, former bantamweight champion at the UFC. Are you kidding me? You know, I mean, personally, okay. A little bit of a criticism on my behalf for the UFC. I was expecting Piotr Jan. How, how do you put your former champion who was just so dominant on a random UFC fight night? Again, anyways, that's just my personal opinion. If anything, I would put him on a main card of a pay-per-view fight. But they've just decided that somehow it makes more sense for them to fight on a regular fight nights card at this specific uh, stage and arena, you know, all cool. You know, I'm, I'm not a business person, so I'll just leave that to the people who are, um, uh, experts in it. However, and goodness, uh, I have to be honest with you guys. When I heard about this next event that I'm going to talk about coming up actually in two weeks, I was shook to the core. I knew that this fight was going to happen, but I didn't know it was going to happen this early. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the next pay-per-view event that the UFC is having, UFC 286. That's supposed to be happening in London, UK at the O2 Arena. We love that arena. Uh, the UK fans are just phenomenal. They go crazy for their, uh, you know, countrymen and countrywomen. Speaking of which, uh, Leon Edwards from the UK is going to be defending his welterweight championship belt against the former champion Kamaru Usman. And mind you, this is the the third time the rubber match that's actually happening between these two guys. And um, I personally did not expect this rematch to happen this early, but I guess both guys are ready and they're ready to rock and roll, if you know what I mean. Uh, but I did not expect it to happen this early in a matter of two weeks. But you already know this. The rest of the year for UFC events is stacked. And uh, we saw it with the event that happened this past weekend. And we keep seeing it with everything else that the UFC has in store for us. So... Kamar Usman fighting off against Leon Edwards is happening in two weeks again. It's happening on Saturday, March the 18th. So 
yeah, I guess next week. Oh my goodness. Yeah, next week is going to be fight week for that uh, fight card. So we're going to be talking about it in more detail, but I just wanted to give you guys a major heads up uh, in, ga- in case you didn't know either because I didn't know and I'm ashamed to admit it. But you know what? I feel like, okay, rightfully so kind of because I feel like the UFC really wanted to put 99% of its marketing effort into promoting the Sorrel Gunn and John Jones fight. So they didn't really want to go crazy promoting other events just yet. And they only started promoting it more majorly, I guess, once the actual pay-per-view card for UFC 285 was already occurring. So I get it. <laughs> you know, we we learn. You know, we're we're real like hardcore MMA fans and we really care about the the technical aspect of the sport, but we also I feel like as we're seeing the sport evolve, we're also learning so much about the business aspect of things and so like you, you just got to have to take everything into consideration and you know, visualize it all in front of you. You're like, "Okay, yeah, like this guy, you know, good matchup or not, whatever." But then also marketing effort, business effort. Does this fight make sense money-wise, financial-wise, all that stuff? Um, But yeah, so I think that's why they didn't really want to put a lot of emphasis on this fight when the the Jones and Cyril Ghosn fight was supposed to already take place. But yeah, now you know. UFC 286 is happening on March 18th and next week. Make sure you tune in to TKO because we're going to be having a very juicy breakdown of this entire fight card. Okay, perfect. So uh, the other thing, actually, that I wanted to talk about today before getting into breaking down those two fights that I told you about is something else that happens on the stage of, well, first the the ceremonial weigh-ins of UFC 285 and also on Saturday nights when the fights were actually happening. So if you guys watch the uh, the, the official ceremonial uh, weigh-ins, you probably noticed that by the end of it, when uh, John Jones and Sorrel Gunn already weighed in and they left the stage, out of nowhere, and nobody was expecting this, mind you, we saw Conor McGregor come on stage. He was just hyping the entire crowd. And he said something along the lines of, oh, you guys like make noise. Like, are you excited for my movie? Blah, blah, blah. And so in case you didn't know, Conor McGregor is involved in the in the new uh, remaking of Roadhouse, the movie from, I don't remember which year exactly, but Roadhouse, I think the original version had Kevin Bacon in it, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but uh, now Conor McGregor is involved in the remaking of this movie and also Jake Gyllenhaal is also involved in it. So Conor McGregor comes on stage, he hypes it up, and then we see um, Jake Gyllenhaal walk on stage. Uh, I think for the movie he's playing the role of a fighter. So he comes on stage looking super jacked. Uh, Joe Rogan announces him, whatever his character name is. He comes on stage, weighs in. Goes over to Dana White, shakes his hand, and, you know, his opponent comes on, and it's like a whole thing. And the crowd is going nuts. It's crazy. And then the next day, um, I personally did not see this happen when it was happening live. But Jake Johan, again, for the movie, he walked out 
with his crew, like his um, uh, coaching team. And uh, he actually, they filmed a uh, scene for an MMA fight for Jake Gyllenhaal's character. And (laughs) it's just, it's really cool. You know, it's just, it's weird kind of, but also really cool at the same time. Because you you know all these people like Joe Rogan and like the, the team of commentators and Dana White is there and the referees and Herb Dean and all the... These are people that we see every single week um, in legitimate UFC fights. And now when this movie comes out, we're going to see them be like, oh my God, like this is so cool. It's like Jake Gyllenhaal is actually a UFC fighter now. So it was just really cool. And there were highlights of that uh, that were... Um, on the web and all over social media so it was really cool to watch um but yeah i'm really curious to see how the movie turns out and fun fact this is not the first time that jake gyllenhaal is playing in a combat sports movie if you recall he also played in the movie southpaw in which he was a boxer and now he's an MMA fighter. Uh, honestly, we need more MMA movies. Uh, I think there's a couple out there. There's the one with uh, Tom Hardy. Uh, and that one actually happened in the UFC as well. But a few years back. And yeah, I can't. Oh, and then uh, the Halle Berry movie, Bruised. Yeah, that was also. Well, that wasn't in the UFC, but Valentina Shevchenko, interestingly enough, was her opponent in the movie. That was pretty cool. But yeah, you know, that being said, I feel like it's great that they're making all these movies about MMA because, believe it or not, in today's society, like, yes, for people who listen to this particular show and people who are um diehard fans of combat sports it makes sense mma makes sense but you you'd be surprised there's so many even my friends when i talk about mma with them and i (laughs) i try to convince them to watch mma with me and i give them forceful live commentary you know what i mean um anyway so you know i i even have friends who are like why is it like why are they just punching each other like what's the rationale behind it what kind of gravitates people towards the sport of mixed martial arts, which is so violent. And I feel like by making these types of movies, we kind of break the stigma of, oh, this is just about violence. In fact, as we all know, you know, it's it's pretty much like playing chess with your body. Fighting and just combat sports and martial arts is a form of it is an art in my opinion and uh they're the most primitive primitive is that the right word it's such a primal thing to do if you go back like thousands of years ago um even i mean not to say that i have the data for this you know i i just don't want to speak out of terms but thousands and thousands of years ago even back to the caveman uh days uh if if you ask someone to to you know defend themselves they would either go for wrestling or they would throw a punch uh as a matter of fact there is a constant debate going on about which is the oldest sport in the whole wide world is a boxing or wrestling so either way you know those are parts of mixed martial arts and my point is it's not just about violence um it's about expressing uh ourselves through combat and martial arts 
and expressing ourselves in, in a way that um you know we do it in a smart way that's why mma is a sanctioned sport we're not talking about street fights we're not talking about backyard fights we're talking about a legitimate sanctioned sport and so because of that there's so much that we can learn from it so much that we can study and analyze and appreciate the beauty of because honestly as much as it's a sport it's also an art in my opinion anyways uh went on a whole tangent about that but um Again, I just want to emphasize that it's great that they're making these types of movies to break the stigma that MMA or combat sports is all about just, you know, just being violent and just like beating each other up. But it's honestly not. And I'm really happy that they're making these types of movies because not to I don't want to use the word brainwash because it comes with a negative connotation, but more so we're just educating the masses, you know, and, you know, people may not necessarily tune in to watch a whole MMA fight, but they will definitely tune into a movie that a handsome Jake Gyllenhaal is playing, you know what I mean? So um, it's great that they're doing this. It's going to educate more people about the beauty of our sport. Anyways, that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, actually, okay, actually, it's not it's not all I'm going to say about that. I'm just going to say this one last thing that's on the note of uh, combat sports movies. So the new Creed movie came out and I really don't want to read spoilers for excuse me, spoilers for it, because I really do want to treat myself this weekend and go to the movies and watch this movie uh, to see what all the hype is about. You know, I'm the biggest fan of Michael B. Jordan. I feel like he for the past two Creed movies, he really pulled it off phenomenally. And uh, actually, from what I have heard, this is the first mm, movie in the Rocky slash Creed franchise that Rocky Balboa is not going to be present. Sylvester Stallone is not going to be present in these movies anymore. He kind of like retired and gave that role to um, Adonis Creed, a.k.a. Michael B. Jordan, a.k.a. Adonis Creed. And I'm really excited to see how uh, well it's made this time around because sometimes when movies are remade or like there's uh, sequels and whatnot, they don't really live up to the hype. You know what I mean? Anyways, um, I feel like it's going to be good, though. I'm just really excited for it. So, yes, if you if you have watched it, DM me. Let me know how you like it. If not. I'll watch it this weekend and I'll talk about it more next episode. Okay. Uh, Okay. So uh, that's everything I want to get out of the way. But now let's talk about what happened at UFC 285. Goodness. Okay. So I'm going to start talking about the co-main event of the evening. Valentina Shevchenko versus Alexa Grasso. So Valentina Shevchenko, I have said this through and through on TKO. In my opinion, she is arguably one of the most dominant MMA fighters out there, you know, man or woman. I hate to just say woman because if you ever catch Valentina Shevchenko on a regular day, she's always training. She's training her absolute hardest and she's just constantly putting in work. So how could you not respect that, right? And to this day, to this point, well, actually, until Saturday, we thought she was pretty much invincible. The only losses that she had had on her professional career were against that of um, uh, Amanda Nunes, who is the ultimate 
woman MMA fighter goat, like the greatest of all time. So we wouldn't really give her a lot of grief for that, right? Until we saw Alexa Grasso come in and use her wit. And I'm going to use that word because I think that up until the point that um, we saw Alexa Grasso seize the moment to jump on Valentina Shevchenko to eventually submit her and become the new flyweight champion. Congrats, by the way. Um, until that point, I feel like, honestly, it was a very close fight and it could have gone either way. Although I have to be honest, I feel like Alexa was really challenging Valentina Shevchenko. Although if the fight were to go to the uh, to, to decision, I feel like they would have given the fight to Valentina Shevchenko. But in this case, Alexa Grasso just, you know, settled the dispute. She didn't leave any room for confusion to be there. Right. And uh, that's what it's all about. That's the beauty of the sport, because like I was saying earlier in this episode, it's not about the stats and not it's not about your previous records or the notable people that you fought, fought against, whatever. It's about seizing the moment, just, you know, using those golden opportunities to win, doing whatever it takes to win. And in this case, Alexa Grasso, she was witty and she saw that opening. She acted super fast, jumped on uh, Valentina Shevchenko and she submitted her ASAP. She she just had to do it. She saw she's like, this is my moment. Like I, I have to take this moment to shine. This is my moment to shine. And she did that amazingly. So congrats to her. Um, I'm sure that Valentina Shevchenko is going to be back stronger than ever. I was literally telling my pops before this fight happened um, that even though I really do respect Valentina Shevchenko and I do acknowledge that she always puts in a lot of hard work, I just felt and sensed that on fight night, she looked a little bit exhausted, maybe, maybe overtrained, okay? And I really want to see her take some time off and really focus on herself before getting back into training because I feel like overtraining is legitimately a thing um, and I feel like if she takes time off then she's able to get back into training more fresh with a better mindset and to just get back in there and just come back in to the uh, flywood division and whoop some butts <laughs> you know what I mean so um, either way Congrats to both ladies. Phenomenal fight. Phenomenal performances put on by both ladies. But oh my goodness. Can we please talk about the main event of the evening for the for the next two minutes that we have left for the show? Ah! So you guys already know I <laughs> really bluntly criticized John Jones on my previous episode. And I don't want to sound like a hypocrite just now. But I do want to say... <laughs> And I really had to sit down and discuss this with like friends and because uh, y'all already know, you know, I, me and my dad, like we just sit down and talk about we can talk about combat sports forever. And I really, you know, I had to really sit down and look at this from different perspectives, because before, if you listen to our previous episode, I have always had my doubts about John Jones. He fights phenomenally, okay? But I had my, and, you know, legitimately so, I had my doubts about him moving up the weight division to heavyweight, especially with three years of layoff, considering ring rust, 
And the first fight that he's having after that three-year layoff being a championship fight against the best striker in heavyweight right now, Sorrell Gone. I was like, what's going on? You know, I mean, we love John Jones, but it's just like a little bit. It makes me uncomfortable kind of thing, right? But here we are, John Jones. Okay, and also, okay, I have to say this. Before walking onto the octagon, John Jones was sweating bullets. He was sweating. I think he was training. Either he was training super hard backstage, but I feel like he almost looked like he was almost out of breath. Even before the fight started, he was sweating. He looked like he was out of breath. So I was just looking at my dad saying, oh boy, here we go. Like this is not looking good for him, especially because he's not used to fighting at this weight uh, for, for a full 25 minute fight. Nonetheless, you know, this is where that GOAT status and that, you know, that's why a lot of people consider him as the greatest of all time. He came into that fight. He, like Alexa Grasso, saw an opening. Mans took that opening and he went for the finish right away. He went for the for that submission right away. And that's what you have to do. You know what I mean? Like, he, and he did it in a, in, a, in a really unorthodox way. So he wanted to go for a um, uh, guillotine choke, okay? But he couldn't get it. So instead, he did the reverse of it. He actually put pressure on, be, on the uh, behind of his head uh, of Sorrel Gunn. And that's how he submitted him. But you know what? That's, that's all that matters. He won. He's the new champ. And he is officially the GOATS. And unfortunately, I really want to talk about this in more detail, but that is all the time we're going to be having for this week. Y'all make sure you're going to CFRU.ca to catch up with previous episodes. And until next time, it's your girl Janan right here. And this is TKO. Peace out.